What's up, what's up? Thank you for tuning in to another episode, Ramblin' Matt Ramage. Alright, this is actually the first time I'm recording my podcast upstairs, I'm out of my basement, so hopefully the audio is a little bit better than it was in the basement. The basement was real echoey because it's like cement walls. I'm in like a real room right now. This is uh, my newly made office, but the doors to this room... If when my kids go upstairs, they have to come through this room to go upstairs. So I have to like tell them, I'm doing a podcast, don't go upstairs. So if someone just marches through here and just makes a lot of a lot of noise, screaming and yelling. It's probably my kids. I know my kids ain't toddlers; they're teenagers. They're worse. They scream even louder. But uh, I got I'm I'm a, I'm a Josh Moser coming on just a little bit. I figure I'll ram a little bit. You know, I had some stuff happen in the last week. And then uh, we'll get Josh Moser on, talk about training camp. He's been there. He's off. I don't think I probably already said that. Fox 11 sports director. I, I'm, I'm like all over the place because I started this like three times because my kids are annoying. I, I just started recording and then a loud scream. But if it happens, it happens. We just going to go with it, all right? This is not a that serious of a podcast to begin with. But uh, Josh Moser, Fox 11 sports director, going to be on just a little bit. But uh, a, lot, a lot has happened in the last uh, week or so. I went over to a NASCAR race. My buddy Chad Fincham, yeah, he started following me on, uh, on on Instagram. We started talking. He invited me to a race. I go to the NASCAR race, right? I've never been to a NASCAR race. I don't know anything about racing. I don't really know anything about NASCAR, you know, a little bit. I had him on my podcast uh, a while back, so he, he tried to school me on some stuff. But a NASCAR race is actually, like, one of the most exciting things. Like, I, I, I had a pit pass. He let me come down by his pit. He let me. Uh, he let me go everywhere he went. I did. The, I went to the drivers meeting that they have before every race. They have all the drivers go in this like garage and they they they, they tell them like uh, what the track is like and like uh, where the safety people are and like just like stuff that that they need to know at every individual race. That was kind of cool seeing like the inside, like you know, what I mean, how that works. I never knew about that. And uh, then you know, like before the race. They go around the track in a pickup truck, right? Brand new trucks that some dealer probably uh, donates or lets a bar or whatever. And uh, I got to sit shotgun and ride around the racetrack and, like, see it. I videoed it. It was a blast. I had an absolute blast. Dude treated me like like VIP access. Like, I, I went everywhere he went. I was with him when his little autograph session. And that's what I'll say about NASCAR, too, is they are really good to their fans. From what I hear, like, every race they have – an autograph session where the drivers just sit out on these tables and people can come up and they'll sign whatever they whatever you got. They got picture stuff they that that they autograph. It's like really cool how they how they treat the fans, you know. A lot of fans came through there. But it was a great time. Jad Finchman, I think he'll be on my podcast probably next week. Uh we're gonna sit down and talk. Talk about like everything that happened and everything. It, it, it was just a blast. I can't thank this dude enough. It was awesome. But anyways, go go check him out, Chad Fincham, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, all that stuff. He's a he's a really good dude. But also now, I, I uh, was it last night? I, I don't know, whatever night it was. I had a chance to go watch Tommy Crabtree, my buddy, over at uh, he was on Clubhouse Live. He hooked up VIP seat, like right in front. I think I had the best seat in the house at Clubhouse Live. If if, if you never uh, watch Clubhouse Live, they stream it. You can uh, search them on Facebook, all the social medias. Clubhouse Live. Tom Crabtree used to be the, the the host. They always have a player host. This this year it's Aaron Jones. He starts after the season starts. So they had Tommy Crabtree in there to kick things off because uh, that, that was his show way back in the day. But shout out to Tommy Crabtree for setting up the 
just a beautiful, beautiful spot. And then we hang out after we had a few drinks or whatever. Talked to my, I had my son with me. It was a good time. Good time. Shout out to old Tommy Crab. You go follow It's Crab, Instagram, Twitter, all these things. All right. But uh, yesterday was my birthday. I turned 40 years old. Now I'm an old dude now. Like, I would say, the older you get, like, the one thing I'll say to people who are, 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 you know, 35, 30, when you hit 40 or, like, around 40, you just, you, you don't get as much warning when you got to use the bathroom. <laughs> this is what I've been noticing. I Limited warnings. Like, get, you know, it's not a warning shot. Get to the bathroom. You know what I mean? All right. But uh, this is probably going to be a shorter podcast. I'm going to have a... Josh Moser uh, coming up here, and we'll probably chat for a little bit. He's a busy dude, so it won't be a long chat, but uh, definitely worth listening to because uh, he always has the ins and outs. I, I love talking to Josh. But uh, a, lo- a lot of new stuff I'm going to try out, though. Uh, I'm going to be going live on Facebook. I'm going to try to go live, like record a podcast live on Facebook. Facebook, uh, I chose Facebook because it, it's easiest, and I can uh, go live right from my laptop. I'm going to check out his webcam. I never tried it go live before with it because when I have guests on I use my phone but then if, if uh through the Facebook live like if I have Tom Crabtree on if I have whoever on people can ask questions from the live chat on Facebook we're gonna try this thing out I, I'll, I'll probably try it first next week I'm gonna do a few test lives on my uh laptop make sure the camera works and that there's no lag or you know so just see how it goes I never did before but uh lots of lots of fun stuff like that I got my bear still stuck gear coming back you can get a Bears Still Suck hat. Go to any of my social medias. Check my bio or whatever. There'll be a link somewhere, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, whatever. And if you can't find it, just message me on anything and uh, or email dmattramage at gmail. Uh, right now, I just got the, the Bears Still Suck beanies, like the, the, the winter hats. $19.99, free shipping in the U.S. I'm, a, I'm, I'm still working on it, whether I can ship to Canada or not. And I'll have some shirts. I'll have some hoodies. I'll have some, I'm doing it slowly because... My stuff only comes from a small business owner right here in my in my town. Uh, it, it, it's a real building. It's a real business, not an online place because the online places, the prices are huge and they do ma- such mass production that the quality just isn't there how I like it. So I dropped them. I got this, this new business. I bought stuff from them before. I know it's good quality. I know the people that run it. And you're supporting a small business. I'd rather support small business than some online corporation that's just pushing out shirts and stuff. Anyways, enough of that. So if you want a hat, check it out. Check me out in my socials. And one last thing before we get Josh Moser in here. One last thing. If you're buying tickets, go to SeatGeek. You can get the app. You're going to buy the tickets anyways. So you might as well use SeatGeek. If you use promo code MattRamage, all one word, no space, you get $20 off your first order. So if you're, it's that time of year when people start buying tickets, just download the SeatGeek app. You could probably do it right from the online, but the app is way easier. And uh, if, when I start buying some tickets, I think I'm about going to some concerts. My wife's been talking about it. I'm definitely going to use SeatGeek and use my own code to get $20 off my first order. So if you're going to get the tickets, check it out. SeatGeek. Promo code Matt Ramage. Now let's get right into this Josh Moser interview. And I really appreciate everyone who listens to this thing, who does uh, you know supports me, like talks to me on Facebook and Instagram, wherever. Because if people ain't talking to you, it makes this whole thing pointless. All right. So I appreciate everyone interacting with me. And let's get into Josh Moser. One, two, three, four. You're listening to the Rambling Matt Ramage podcast. Let's go. 
here with Fox 11 Sports Director Josh Moser. Appreciate you coming back on, man. Of course, man. Anything for you. Love all your stuff. You do a great job. Yeah, I'm, I'm just trying to get on your level, you know. Oh, not at all, man. Uh, you're a man of people. I pride myself on trying to do the same thing, and it's all about the Packers fans, and uh, happy to help in any way that I can. All right, so you, you've you been, like, like I, I always think that you're one of the most underrated people on Twitter because, like, you're there, you're with every, you know, you, you see it all, and uh, I think your tweets, you know, you, you, you put so much insight into, like, the stuff that the regular fans can't see. I know that there's a lot of guys that do it, but I think you do a great job. Uh, what, what have you seen this training camp? Like, do you think that uh, this uh, – team is going to be good like are, are they going to exceed expectations like I think they will yeah well you know from a fan perspective they feel like Packers should go 16-0 every year and I mean that's just unrealistic just being honest yeah you know but there were big question marks you know coming off of last season obviously you know with the new coaching change and I think the really hard thing to understand is what is this offense going to look like in, in the preseason? We really haven't seen that because the starters haven't played. Aaron Rodgers is not playing a single snap in the preseason for the first time in his career. And really this last week of practice, once training camp ended, we have not been allowed to stay practice for the full no huddle sessions when they go hurry up and what they're really doing with this zone scheme. So they've really kept it tight under wraps. And, you know, we still don't know what this offense is in Green Bay. With that being said, we've seen this offense work with the Rams, with the 49ers, starting in Washington with the Redskins. And, you know, the offense is proven, and it works. And you've got a really smart guy with a great arm in Aaron Rodgers, who's arguably the best quarterback in the league. Devontae Adams is a top three wideout in the league. Aaron Jones led the league in yards per carry last year. Jimmy Graham's poised for a bigger season because this offense suits him. So you would think that this offense would be good. I think it's almost built like they need to score at least 24 points per game and that the defense can hold them under 24 points per game. You know, that's kind of the model right now. That's why they spent all that big money on Preston Smith, Darius Smith, Adrian Amos. I mean, that was $100 million on those you know, three guys alone plus. I mean, those big, big-time money. So you got an upgraded defense. You've got the sexy offense. But we, we haven't seen if it's going to work. And uh, that's the big question mark. But you've got to believe with what everybody's saying, you know, it will. But that being said, I mean, you're getting arguably the top defense in the opener at their place where they are so good at home historically. And, I mean, it's got a tough one right out the gate. Yeah, I think that this season is, is starting really tough. You got the Bears right out the gate, and you got the Vikings. Those two games right there. I, I like what the NFL is doing with like the, with the division games starting off the season. And I think they're finishing the season with division games now. I think that's good for like the product, but for a new coach and a new basically team, it's gonna be it, it's gonna be a big test. But it, it, it's gonna be tough. But uh, I, I think that this defense on paper they can be really good like, if they can put it all together. Which I think they can, because I'm a fan. You know, I'm not like I, I don't know all the ins and outs. I don't. I'm not there seeing everything. But from a fan, I think that this defense will be great. And Aaron Rodgers is going to do his thing. Last year they struggled, but I'm hoping that that they got. You know, I I don't know. Like, what do you think about the starters not playing? Do you think that hurts them? 
coming out the gate, or like like Rogers was saying, it's it's more about practice than it is preseason game. What, what do you think? Yeah, I mean, everyone's kind of got a different opinion on this one. Uh, you know, I, I think that there is a little bit of validity in playing the starters for a little bit during the preseason, more so for the guys that would like to get a feel. Like Aaron Rodgers, obviously, is very comfortable with, you know, whatever the situation is. He's been doing it a very long time. But for a guy like Brian Belaga, who I talked to, who's been doing it a long time himself, you know, he told me that, you know, he just likes to get out there in the atmosphere to go up against another guy in a real setting, you know, with real fans in the stadium, you know, just to remind himself of, of what it's like so he can remember that, you know, when it comes to Chicago because the starters really haven't seen anything like that, you know, really since, you know, the beginning of January last year. So it's, it's been a long time. But is it worth the risk to put your starters out there for extended time in the preseason? Absolutely not. Like, Everything is so vanilla with the scheme. There's nothing in the big picture that translates over to wins. Like it doesn't count. You don't want to get your guys hurt. So for me personally, like I'm thankful that the team did not play the starters heavily in the preseason. But you know, it's also gives guys other opportunities to put stuff on film, get picked up elsewhere, and the Packers can really find out what their backups look like. But going into this final preseason game. Man, you, you got to get out of it healthy because if your backups get hurt and you're thin and then you're all of a sudden relying on your starters all the way through, you know, that bodes problems as well. The roster changes over so much in the course of 16 weeks with injuries. So it could look completely different at the start than it does at the end. So main point, get out of there healthy. And realistically, both teams are starting week one. You know, yeah, the starters maybe the Bears played a little bit. Is it going to make that much of a difference? Probably not. It's all going to be determined you know, once the whistle blows, kick that thing off in the first quarter on September 5th. Yeah, I, I think that it's crazy because I, I feel like the Packers are getting so much, like, scrutiny or whatever drama because Rodgers isn't playing. But a lot of quarterbacks around the league that haven't played a, a preseason game yet. I think that, like you said, I think it's more about the, the guys on the bubble, the guys who want to prove themselves. Because what I worry about is, like, you're starting quarterbacks out there. you got Aaron Rodgers out there. Now you got, like, some undrafted free agent on the other team who wants to make a name for himself. So he's rushing at Rodgers, and he just doesn't stop and, like, lights him up. Like, where a vet wouldn't do that, he would understand the situation. But someone who's trying to make a name for themselves, I, I worry about them being reckless and, you know, hurting one of your guys. Oh, totally. I mean, that's why he's playing against the Ravens. I think they've won, it might be, like, 15 games in a row. It's something around that number. But, you know, even the week before when they had played Kyler Murray, Arizona, it's a little bit different. He's the number one overall pick of rookie. You've got to try to get him some experience. But, I mean, they're bringing blitz packages after him. You're not putting Aaron Rodgers out there in a week two preseason game. Like, it means nothing. Come on. Like, it's completely not worth it. And so, I'm happy they did that. I'm happy the starters didn't play in Winnipeg. Uh, you know, frankly, though, like, if the field isn't good enough for the starters, it's not good enough for anybody, in my opinion. Oh, yeah, I, I was going to ask you about that. Like, what, what what did you think about that whole thing? You were there. You saw it. I saw you post some yeah, pictures. Uh, that was just a, just a crazy situation. So uh, for those of you that are listening that didn't really understand this whole situation, the goalposts on a normal Canadian league football field are in the front of the end zone versus the NFL work back, and they converted the Canadian football league field into NFL standards using the same turf. And where the goalposts are in the Canadian Football League, there's a big hole that they had to fill and put a piece of turf over and then glue it down, basically. And 
the glue just wasn't sticking. And then they tried to put a bunch of the beads that fill in the gaps on a lot of the turf that we see in. You know, everyone was just slipping, and the surface just wouldn't stay down. And if a player, you know, ran into that and tried to make a cut on that, yes, most likely, you know, you can get an ankle turn. Uh, you know, it wasn't that the entire field was bad, but specifically in those spots, you know, it was it was really bad. And that's why they shortened it to 80 yards and eliminated the end zone. Uh, it was actually the Packers' doctors. They're like, hey, you know, we don't want our guys playing on this. Um, but... You know, it's kind of a letdown for the whole league, really, in general. I mean, the whole purpose was to go out there, was to grow the game with football. Normally, week three is that dress rehearsal where you try to get the starters a little bit of work. But from a fan perspective, I mean, you had people traveling from all over the world to go to this game. And your starters are out there. You know, they're wanting to see Aaron Rodgers. They don't get a chance to see them. They want to see Derek Carr. But the crazy thing was the Raiders weren't even going to play their starters anyway. They already made a predetermined decision to rest most of their guys. So, you know, again, like, what are you going to get if the Packers are running their number ones against the Raiders' number twos and threes for a series? Like, you're not going to find out anything. So, it's kind of an overall, just a letdown all the way around. The fans were upset. Both teams were upset. Wish they would have played that game in Vegas. I mean, that would have been a lot of fun. Future home of the Raiders, people would have come from all over. Uh, but they just didn't have the facilities that UNLV do that. But you got to think there's a better location where they could have made a game really, really fun. Yeah, like, I I feel bad for Canadians because a lot of Canadians follow me and they were, like, messaging me, like, throughout the week, like, you know, we're going to rep, you know, represent Packer fans in Canada and all this. And then it comes down, all this went down. Like, a lot of them were commenting, like, you know, this is embarrassing for our country. So, like, I I get it. Like, I don't think, you know, it's not their fault. I just wish that, like, there had to have been, like, how could they not know? Like, I'm not gonna bash because obviously they're professionals. Like the, the the league knows what it's doing, but like, how do they not know that see this coming? Like, how do they not like prepare for those goalposts being removed? That's just exactly. And I, and I was there the day before, you know, just getting ready doing uh, some new flash shots. And you know, there was an NFL guy out on the field. They were filling those holes, and I mean, you could tell then that there were gonna be problems. Like, it just wasn't smooth, and. They said that everything passed field inspection the day before. Obviously, you know, when all players and the GMs get out, they're like, yo, this isn't right. We can't put our guys at risk. I mean, imagine getting multiple players hurt in a preseason game over nothing. Like, millions of dollars and potentially your season gone, like, instantly before anything starts. And I don't know, for the Packers fans that are listening, you know, a few years back when Brett Favre got inducted into the Hall of Fame, you know, they had to cancel the preseason Hall of Fame game because of the paint that it adhered to the turf of the, the piece of, uh, like a cloth that they put over the field for the concert the night before to protect the field. And it got so hot that the paint just melted onto the field and created these like big pellets and it was like cement. And uh, obviously that was the entire field. So kind of two interesting situations for the Packers with the yeah. time they travel. So, it's just it's a lockdown. I mean, you know, you want to see the guys. This is unfortunate for everybody involved. And really, even for, you know, the players and teams, you're wanting to go up there and you're wanting to see your guys and to not be able to see them and, you know, break down that film on them. You know, kind of a, a waste of, waste of time. You know, you just wish it would have been better for everybody involved. Yeah, I agree. I think that it was, it was a waste. Like, if it's up to me, I would have just said, don't even play because, or, or like what I was saying, like, why don't they just do a scrimmage? Do the 80-yard field thing. 
but just work it like a like a like the Texans when they came here, like a split, like scrimmage thing to the fans. But the thing is, it, it's a money thing because everybody bought their yeah. tickets, so they had to refund everyone. You know, that was a big pain. But you know, there's a few injuries. Like so, uh, Gary, he, he got hurt that game. Do, do you know uh, how how he's doing? I know that they they've been quiet about it. Yeah, yeah. So uh, Malafor said he's not speaking on any injuries to the past, but uh, Gary got taken out by his own guy, helmet, helmet. Um, you know, it was a neck injury, but he says he's doing fine. Uh, he's been at practice, so he's been good. Curtis Bolton's a real loss. Uh, inside linebacker, rookie, was having a really good training camp. He's had a knee issue. They don't know what it is. And then Equinemius St. Brown's got his ankle. Um, that had nothing to do with the field. It's a bang, bang, you know, play. So he's out, you know, four to six weeks at minimum. And, you know, those are three potential guys that, you know, we're going to contribute on the 53. And, again, it's like, what is the purpose of getting all these injuries if it's not worth anything in the win-loss column? Yeah. Uh, but you got to find out who's going to make this team. And then you kind of feel the bad for the guys that, you know, they're going out there trying to make the roster. And, yes, you know, Chase Aaron felt treated, but, man, you know, it's almost like, you're going out there with the conditions. You're going out there against these guys trying to make their name, as you said. And injuries are part of the game. You know, it's part of it. But uh, at, at what expense? And you know, you asked that question this week after Andrew Luck, you know, walked away from the game at 29. It's at what expense? Yeah, I agree. So, what do you what do you think about that, uh, Andrew Luck retiring? You know, it, I think it shocked a lot of people. Um, you know, but for me. For Andrew Luck, that's a really difficult thing to do, and I think that he put a lot of time into it. Uh, I, you know, I, I was a walk-on in college, so I never played at anything like this level. But I think it's good for him. You know, I support him 100%. You could truly tell that he put a lot of thought into this, and you know, kind of what hit me is just that you know cycle that he mentioned of where he's like, you play, you rehab, then there's pain rehab it again, more pain, and just had to get out of that vicious cycle. And Rob Gronkowski, basically the same thing, you know, and you can see him kind of tearing up uh, this week as well. He had a public appearance endorsing a new product, and he's like, you know, I'm just in pain. It was taking the joy out of my life. And, you know, you forget the impact of football 10 years down the line, 20 years down the line, 30 years down the line, and you want to have a normal life. Um, I do a lot of work with Johnny Gray, former Packers uh, safety. He's a Hall of Famer, and he's 65, and he's had another back surgery. He's had both knees replaced, had a shoulder replaced, and, you know, just your day-to-day life. I mean, 65 is relatively young, uh, you know, but he's dealing with a lot of stuff, and there's obviously everything in the NFL going on, these long-term effects of taking all these, you know, hits and what it does to your body, and the science gets better, the more, you know, we know, but... You know, at the same time, it, it affords people, you know, if you can make it and stay healthy, you know, you can have a, a very, very wonderful life. But, you know, that's just kind of the business of football. I think everyone knows the risk going in, and, you know, for everyone's got a different uh, threshold. Oh, yeah. I, I think, I, like, for me, to me, it's none of no one's business. Like, you want to retire, like, you retire. Like, I, oh. I don't, yeah. But... I also think people don't realize, like, I've been seeing a lot of stuff on Twitter. They don't, like, the more I've, I've been talking to players, like, I talked to you and I've been meeting some, you know, pretty cool people, you realize, like, they're, they're I mean, everyone knows they're human, but, you know, they people don't think about 
the effects that it has. Like you've heard stories about like all types of players that like, can't get out of bed and they're so like if you can get your money and you're just hurt all the time, like like Andrew Luck has been hurt, like he doesn't need to play, so he's just like, you know, I'm done. He, he can do whatever he wants to do in life. He can go be an announcer, he can go, you know, he can do his thing. And it's not worth your health, like if you're really hurting all the time, it's not worth being not being able to walk when you're forty. Totally. And then, you know, you can look at it from a you know perspective of the team too. Like imagine, you know, where you're constantly in pain and you're on painkillers all the time and you know, you, you can't give a hundred percent to your team and they're they're paying you all this money and you know you're only able to give you're giving everything you can, but you know, you're not yourself. Um, and then you're putting yourself at more risk because you're playing hurt and then you can really get hurt. So it's just kind of a vicious cycle and, you know, the players talk about it all the time and uh, yeah, I mean, every person should have the right to choose for themselves. And I think what Andrew did was, you know, heroic in, in the fact that he was honest and open and willing to have this discussion as opposed to, you know, 20, 30 years ago where you played through whatever and then you end up with these effects, you know, to be able to stand up and say, hey, you know, I'm done. Yeah, it's amazing. So Calvin Johnson kind of do the same thing with the Lions a few years back. Barry Sanders did it early. Bronk. So, you know, it's, it's just different because Andrew Luck was on pace for a potential Hall of Fame career, and he did so much in six seasons, and he was the number one pick, and everyone knew who he was. Yeah. Yeah, like, if it was because I, I don't know if people were saying, like, well, what if Aaron Rodgers did that? Maybe not even for injuries, but he was just like, I don't want to play anymore. Like, I'd be mad, like, upset as a fan, but I wouldn't be like, I wouldn't boo him. I wouldn't, uh... No. I wouldn't... No, that, that was ugly. Yeah, that, I don't... But, like, I, I think it's horrible, and I think all those fans should be ashamed, but they should not have let that leak, because people's first reaction isn't always a good reaction. Like, and, like, I don't know, it's just... And, and you don't know if some of them were booing, like, the situation or him... But it was not a good look, and I think, like, if, if that happened at Lambeau Field to Aaron Rodgers or any any player who, like, just for that reason, who just retired, like, that's just disgusting as a fan. I, I don't know. And I, I don't like the label, like, the, all the Colts fans, because I'm sure that there's a lot of good Colts fans, but that was that was horrible. Yeah, I mean, think about it this way, too. You know, there's, there's another side to sports, you know, that fans are a part of, which is fantasy football and betting. And yeah. you have a lot of people in Vegas. Like, I remember reading some guy put a thousand bucks on Andrew Luck to, to win the MVP like 20 minutes before he retired. Huh. And, you know, you know, so it's almost like some of these players are viewed as strict commodities, you know, in these fans' eyes. Whereas Luck doesn't have a good game or Aaron Rodgers doesn't have a good game and they lose their fantasy league, you know, they can lose, you know, hundreds, if not thousands of dollars. And, it's, it's interesting, you know, it's a different culture. The game has changed so much as far as fans watching the game with smartphone technology, all of these analytics from all of these companies saying, you know, who's rated here, who's going to get points here, and the back end of how fans can make money off of this watching the game on TV or placing bets in Vegas, and now that sports betting is becoming legal in states across the country, I would assume it would probably become legal at some point you know, nationally here in the United States and every state, you know, it's just, there's so many facets that this hits on and it's just kind of a big microcosm of where our society is at right now. And it's, it's a really interesting conversation. And I'm curious to see what this collective bargaining agreement when they, you know, do this year, I think it's the end of 2020 season, you know, if there's another strike or what they decide to do, you know, the league wants more 
regular season games, potentially extending playoffs? What do you do with the preseason? So it's kind of an interesting time in football right now, and it's it's pretty cool to be a part of it uh, and kind of have a front row seat here. Yeah, I think I think when that collecting bargaining agreement comes up, there's gonna be a lot of stuff that we might not even be thinking about that's gonna pop up because there's a lot of like little even with like the rules that they're changing. Like now you can challenge a pass interference and just like there's so much things like they're practicing. Like now they you know they change that within the last however many years they can't yeah. uh, wear pads so many times a week or whatever it is. Yeah, I mean I'll, I'll say one thing with Johnny who I work with, uh, Johnny Gray. You know, he played, you know, 70s, early 80s, played for 10 seasons in the league. And he said the old school mentality is in these training camps when they were doing two days and they had six preseason games. He's like, you want to get your body used to taking hits. Like, you need to be able to recover. So it's nice for a few weeks to get hits. Now they're saying the exact opposite. You know, you've been hit your whole life in games, but you do not need to get hit in the regular season at all. Yeah. So it's crazy to see how that's changed. And, you know, again, as we learn and have all this technology and all of this GPS equipment that these players are getting, and, uh, you know, the players are getting bigger, faster, stronger now than they were. They have all these recovery tools that, you know, people never had back 20 years ago. And it, it's interesting. And, uh, but no doubt, I mean, it's number one in America and obviously number one here in Wisconsin. Yeah, definitely. All right. I, I know that, that you're a busy guy, but uh, when is uh, Inside the Huddle coming back? Yeah, Inside the Huddle, if anyone listening, uh, in Wisconsin, we do it Monday nights following every game. It's 5.30 at the Green Bay Distillery across from Lambeau Field. It's actually right next to Clark Hinkle Field where training camp was. It's free to come. We've got a ton of Packers players as guests this year. We've got Blake Martinez, MVS, Devontae Adams is supposed to do a couple shows. Uh, Donald Driver's going to come back. Jordy Nelson will be back. Mason Crosby's going to do an episode. we got Aaron Jones. So you're going to see a lot of different guys this year, which will be great because it's LaFleur's first year. We'll get you a little offense, get you a little defense, former Packers. So we're going to get a really good mix. It's going to be a lot of fun. Come take some pictures with the guys and see them without their helmets on. Possibly get a chance to meet them. It's, it's a great time and uh, really looking forward to it. It's going to be a blast. Yeah, I, I went. I went last year, and uh, I'm definitely. I'm gonna come to a lot more this year. I got. I should have a lot more free time this year. I'm gonna annoy you. I'm gonna be down there so much. You're gonna be like, "Hey, stay away." <laughs> no, you, you got a front row seat. Bring as many people as you can. We got room for like three or four hundred. So make it a party. Get to see these guys. Have a great time. Hopefully, get some autographs. And you know, that's the best part of my job is connecting the fans with the players and. Yeah, I, I, I love it. Well, I'll let you go, but everyone, check out Josh Moser, the Mose Knows, on Instagram, Twitter. He's on Facebook. Find him. He's a great follow, especially on Twitter. All the news breaking, all the stuff that's going on with the Packers. So give him a follow. Thanks for coming on, Josh. Anytime, my man. Anytime. Thanks for listening, everybody. All right. Talk, talk, talk to you later, Josh.